Hey everyone, I'm Riley Burke and welcome to The Variety Show. I'm a 22-year-old student, businesswoman, and traveler who loves expanding my knowledge and learning new things. This podcast is a way for me to take everything I've learned and share it with all of you. The Variety Show, a podcast where we talk about a variety of different things, such as business, fashion, food, travel, friendship, and everything in between. This is a podcast where we can laugh, grow, and learn together, and I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Variety Show. I have a very special guest with me today. He is a friend of mine and just finished writing a book, which is so insane. I am so excited for this episode. Please welcome Jesse Oyster. Jesse, welcome to The Variety Show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's so exciting. I am so excited. When I first found out that you were writing a book, I was like, this is the most insane thing. I need to have you on my podcast and we need to talk all about this because this is just so cool and exciting. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. I still haven't gotten down from the whiplash of deciding. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Um, so before we talk about your amazing book and this crazy journey that that you've been on with that. Let's talk a little bit about you for a second and your background. Yeah, of course. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How old you are? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, so my Yeah, so I'm Jesse Oyster. I'm 19. I grew up right here in the Ohio area. I, I've grown up in Stowe most of my life. I have my family is, is a family of five. I've got my mom, my dad, an older brother, and a younger sister. Okay. Um, four Kent State. I spent my high school years at um, Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. And so, yeah, that's where really a lot of this kind of stuff started. And then since then, I'm now at Kent State. I am a double major with marketing and theater. And I am in my sophomore year. I love it. I love it. So when you were um, a little kid, going back a little bit, when you were a little kid and, and you know your parents were like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What were you passionate about at the time? And, and what did you see yourself doing when, when you grew up, I guess? Yeah. So as a little kid, I was definitely a bit of an adventurous sort of person. Like, I mean, I definitely had my astronaut phase, right? I had like world traveler phase, but like really what it really came down to is that a lot of my family had been engineers before me. Oh, and that, I didn't know that. It like my dad was an engineer. Both his brothers were engineers. Their dad was an engineer. Oh, wow. It was the assumption that I was going to become an engineer. Right. But as a business theater person. Right. As, like, yeah, no. <laughs> that is not in any way how it ended up going. Right. That's so funny. Um. So, um. In high school, is that when, because I remember um, seeing on your Instagram, maybe you were involved in theater a little bit. Was that in high school or did that start in college? Yeah, so I started doing theater and really a lot of the stuff that, um, a lot of the artistic type of stuff. Yeah. Right around in my seventh grade year. Before then, I actually really did did not like anything fine arts. I was like, get me away from that. I'm not interested. Yeah. Then like grade I had a new choir director and they forced me to do a solo like <laughs> sixth grade year and I was like okay sure why not yeah and 
that started to get me interested. Then I came into seventh grade and there was this great theater program there. And I was like, I'll give that a shot. Ended up doing 12 shows with them. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So six plays, six musicals. And then I also have done a bit with a community theater and a little bit of theater here at Kent State. So I think wow. I'm now in productions. That's insane. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. So you kind of get into the arts then and, you know, sixth, seventh grade, um, you decide to go to Kent. What made you want to go to Kent? Yeah. So for me, one of the big things was I had heard great things about their business program and their theater program. And mm -hmm. it was an affordable option that was going to actually get me the education that I wanted to have going forward right. while making it like sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so I could get through college loan free. Right, right. And so going into college, you were, you know, majoring in business, but you also had this like theater degree. So in your head, I guess, um, you know, before your freshman year, like, what were you thinking long term? Like, here's yeah. what I want my career to be like, what made you choose those majors? Yeah, so for me, starting in like 11th grade, at the beginning of that year, I had really seen myself wanting to get involved in maybe theater but probably as a performer, maybe as like a director type. Mm -hmm. And then slowly over the course of the second half of my junior year and throughout my senior year of high school, I started to really fall in love with writing and like not being fully satisfied with just performing and saying somebody else's words. But I started being like, wow, I really want to be the one behind the words. I want to be the one mm -hmm. influencing. How is this going to go shaping whole new worlds? Right. And then when I came time to go into college, I knew I wanted to study theater. And then my family was also like, well, you got to have a backup plan, which right. I totally respect because I mean, yeah. going into any sort of artistic field is a very competitive, highly luck-based as sure. well as skill-based industry. So I was like, okay, well, I know I want to do theater and business. I was involved in a um, school of distinction for business in my high school, which oh, basically- wow college level business courses wow. and really a feel for what that was like and I really found a passion for marketing in that and so then when I came into college I was like okay that's a solid backup plan theater is my passion but what really intrigued me was the ability to do both because that was the point where I started to get interested in writing and with that I was like well I can fully rely upon like an industry a publisher a like producer to do all of my stuff or I could be become a better businessman through that major and then be able to self-promote and do all of my own stuff which is largely what I've been doing for this book yeah I think that's so amazing and I and I think too it, it must be just so nice as far as like classes goes like you said like theaters like your passion so being able you know you have your business classes but you also get to have your theater classes and kind of you know, split up your day and actually like enjoy, like, I'm sure you're, I don't know if you're loving your business classes, but I'm sure you're loving those theater classes. So I think that's so awesome that you get to do both at the same time. No. Yeah. Especially with like all of the more basic level stuff, it's nice having that change of pace and just keeping it fresh, keeping it new each day. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about, um, what you're like involved. Cause you're only a sophomore, right? Like you're 19 years old. Yeah. Okay. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, what are you involved with in school? Because I know we we met through the same um, business fraternity, Delta Sigma Pi. 
Are you um, involved in theater in Ken as well? Or is there anything else that you're involved in at school? No, yeah. Delta Sigma Pi has definitely been one of the largest commitments I've done extracurricularly so far in the uh, in Kent State. I also have been involved in some of their smaller scale productions and in intending to in audition for some of their larger productions this upcoming semester. So we'll see how that goes. Good luck. Yeah. No, yeah. But then beyond that, I also am heavily involved in community theaters right around here. Wow. Like in community theater, that's one of my theaters I've done a couple of different things at. And then I'm looking to get a little bit more involved in some new things on campus, just with COVID and everything. A lot of that kind of had to take go to the wayside. For sure. For sure. So let's, I am just so excited to talk about this book. I just want to like dive yeah. right into this. I am so excited. So to start, have you always wanted to write a book or is this like a COVID project? Like where did this idea even come from? No, yeah. So for me, starting in really my freshman year of college, I knew I start, wanted to be a writer. But I was like, I don't know if there's a particular medium I want to like attach myself to because it was like, well, plays are really interesting. And I also really love movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of dabble in a lot of these things. Actually started working on a play and then started working on this book first as a play. I had like this idea for some of the general sweeping notions of it. And then COVID hit and I was like, wow, if I write this play, it's not going to get performed for another year. And it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't, didn't make sense inside like a world of a play inside just yeah. that scale. And then I was re I was uh, contacted by this man named uh, Eric Koyster. He was partnered with a group called the Creator Institute. And they reached out to me over LinkedIn and were like, hey, we have this program where if you commit to writing a book over the course of the next year, then we will help you get it published in April at the end of it. Wait, and that, what? Yeah, they just reached out to me randomly and were like, hey, if you do this, we'll help you get it published. Oh my and I was, gosh. That's insane. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, my life has really come down to a lot of uh, 24 hour decisions. And that was one of those things where it's like, I didn't really see anything as a book. And then suddenly this opportunity came up and I was like, it's a wow, book. Yeah. <laughs> that one story suddenly makes so much more sense. Like it just yeah. was. It wasn't quite there. And then that came and I was like, okay, I'm taking it. Wait, that's incredible. Just, so tell me a little bit more about like this program that you found through LinkedIn. Cause it sounds like amazing. No. Yeah. So the program is called the creator Institute. They are a, a, they are part of Georgetown university. And what's really cool about them is that like, they have this program, pretty much anybody can sign up that has an idea and has the commitment to doing it. And if anybody is interested, they are actively taking new authors to come on and join the program at least two or three times a year. They oh, wow. So it's something where if this is something that has intrigued you as something that you would want to do personally, it is such a worthwhile experience. And it is something that is open to people who are wanting to write fiction, who are wanting to write 
um, nonfiction, we're wanting to write poetry, memoirs, you name it. If it's a book, they're willing to help you publish it. And okay. they can, your book can be anywhere from a 25,000 in word, smaller bite-sized book to a 50,000 word fantasy novel. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. And remind me of the, the name of the, uh, the company or, or the person one more time. So yeah, it's called the Creator Institute. And we work, and they work with a publisher called New Degree Press. And that is the publisher that I am getting published through, and you could too. Very cool. Yeah, if you guys are interested in this, definitely check it out. I mean, it sounds like an amazing program. That's awesome. Very cool. So like with this whole, I guess, thinking like big picture here, like kind of stepping out of this. So like, you knew you wanted to be a writer. What's like yeah. the first step in this? Like thinking of, I guess the story, right? Like the concept, like, oh, yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. Like, how did this, how long did this take you? And what were some of your ideas? No, yeah. So like what I would really say is that it initially comes down to a problem or something that you just don't see out there. Yeah. Like for with what really made me want to be a writer at first was when I was like reading books watching television, watching movies. And I would be like, they're not quite there. Like, it's like, there's good stuff there, but like, they're just not quite there. And I was like, okay, I can sit here and I've got a couple of options. I can sit here and take it and then just get used to it. I can complain about it to the void and just have nobody care and be another one of those people. Or I could go do something about it if I really care about it. enough. Yeah. So that got me started. And then where I've really found a lot of my inspiration for my different stories is there's a problem or a void in the entertainment industry where there's something where it's, they're not quite getting it. Mm-hmm. And then that will spark an idea and then that will tumble into the whole work. And then it just kind of naturally evolves from there. So yeah, for me with this one, uh, one of the major things about my upbringing is that I was raised within a Christian home. And that is my faith has been a large part of how I've gotten to where I am today. And I have always felt like there's been a rather large hole in actually good entertainment that talks about faith because Mm -hmm. a lot of it, you know, just it's kind of garbage movies. Yeah. Yeah. Very heavy handed, very black and white world doesn't really do Mm -hmm. anything for anybody and, doesn't really get to the heart of what like it means to be human. Yeah. And I'm okay, there's a pretty large hole. What if I just took something, had that as like a backdrop and then just told a real human story. And what I found is that that idea, that concept really lent itself to a fantasy world where you could have some like larger allegorical backdrops and then some very personal, very real stories of just normal people going through their lives in a fantasy world that's so cool i i just can't believe that like you know you're 19 years old like doing this like i still can't even like fathom this but okay yeah. so you so you kind of have your idea and give me a little bit of a uh, a timeline here of like yeah. when you i know you're like seventh grade you're like i want to start writing whatever or freshman year and then you know, from the time you actually got serious and like got this message, you're like, okay, I'm going to like sit down and actually like get going on yeah. this. Yeah. So they reached out to me. It was towards the beginning of March, right after COVID hit, they reached out to me and were like, Hey, in like three weeks, this program starts. Do you have an idea? 
if you do, go for it. And I made the decision pretty much that day. Okay. And kind of started working on some of like the basic ideas, trying to get my head around the fact that I'm about to go take on writing a book. Yeah, and, I mean, geez. Yeah, and then they sent us and we had like a about a month long uh, period where we were really learning how to write a book and just like the larger notions of how that works, like the mechanics behind it, how to spark the creative process in a consistent uh, way. And then from there, it was about the beginning of summer is when we started to actually work on the chapters. And then I spent from about the beginning of summer through the end of October getting down the first draft. Wow. So, so wait, so when you say when you say we, are they helping you with the writing of this or... No, yeah. So for me, I'm the one who's specifically writing it, but I actually, through the them, um, was able to get a um, a edit an editor to help me develop the ideas, and so I could oh. send chapters, and then they would give me feedback on how to improve, how to carry through some of the like story threads, and just some continuing thoughts to push me forward, and that was really very beneficial because one of the major things with new authors writing a book is that they don't have the guidance. And so they'll start on it, get a couple of chapters down and then go back and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite right. to the end. And they really help you focus on, Hey, get to the next chapter. Here's some good stuff that you can keep in mind, but don't worry about editing that. We'll do that later. Yeah. And they just kind of push you along, help you form it with, almost the mindset of it being your second book rather than your first book. Interesting. I mean, the fact that you even had access to this editor, like through whatever magical LinkedIn program this is, like this is like yeah. crazy. I and mean, what a cool experience. Oh, yeah. So when you were, you know, as far as writing goes, like are you writing in a notebook? Are you like typing on a typewriter? Like, like how are you, is this like a Google Doc? Like how is this working? No, yeah. So what I kind of started out with is that I'd write down a lot of like the root ideas, the basic things in a notebook and on my Apple notes. Okay. And I basically set up a Google drive folder where I would make a new document and then that would be the next chapter. And I'd Gosh, write a whole yeah. documents. Then I would just, okay, go out, make a new one, new chapter and go ahead. And so that's really where a lot of it took place. And then we also had another program that I would send it to in order to give my editor access. Wow. So tell me, like, I feel like if I sat down to write a book or a chapter of a book, like, you know, the episode of SpongeBob where he's writing like the, like he, whatever, he has like a paper due and he's like up all night and all he has like the word the, like, I feel like I... Like, were you ever like stumped during this or like, I don't know, like the angle or was this just like flowing? Like, how did you like, so, do this? Yeah. First uh, embarrassing moment. I have never watched SpongeBob. I have watched about eight episodes of the first season. Jesse, on, like, no. Jesse, and I'm literally sending you I've, every episode after this. I know. And I've also watched the chocolate episode. I barely remember. I <laughs> I just remember chocolate. it's a classic yeah it's, it's a classic and yeah so I watched those 
And that was all the SpongeBob, but I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah. For me, um, it definitely was hard because I'd have general ideas for how I wanted a chapter to go, but then just getting it to that point was always like, it could always be tricky. So what I ended up doing is that a routine is a big thing. You've got to have consistent time set aside for it. So yeah. I had no scheduled classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. So I, those days I'd wake up, go to a coffee shop, get myself a nice little cup of coffee, have a little bit of rac- relaxation time, and then just dedicate the rest of, the, of my time to writing a chapter by four o'clock. Yeah. And kind of my daily schedule. And I'd try to get minimum a thousand words. If I could get a full chapter out, that was wonderful. And that was really what kind of kept me pushing forward. And also just knowing that I have an editor to go back to, to help me edit, revise and push me forward. That was always helpful because it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to write the first draft outside of your editor. Right. And it's just to get the very foundation down. That's mm-hmm. all you need then. So that was always like having that lesser pressure was always very nice. And then a lot of it was, so I also have done uh, four years of stand-up comedy. So, <laughs> I mean, not stand-up, uh, sorry, improv. Yeah. I can see I'm doing great. Just <laughs> up all over the place. That's improv for you. But yeah, I did four years of improv comedy. And one of the things that's been very helpful with that is that I'll have the general notions, but then a lot of the small details just hit me as I write. Right. And a lot of just the quirky little details, the fun little sentences, the like power lines. Yeah. A lot of it just came, you know, as it came. I love that. And it's so, um, it's funny too, because I, like you were saying, you know, you only had classes a certain amount of days per week um, with everything with COVID and as bad and horrible, like as the pandemic has been in a way, not just you, but I feel like a lot of people I've talked to have just used that kind of awkward time in like the best way. Like you have more time to work on your book. Like other people have started businesses. Like, even though it sucked, like, I think it, it really helped you, you know, with this project for sure. No, yeah. If, if it hadn't been for COVID, I honestly would have probably dedicated a lot of that time to being in a lot of different theater productions. Yeah. Maybe working on one of my plays that I had been kicking around for a bit. But then when COVID hit and all that went away, it was like, okay, I need to find a new outlet, something new to keep right. myself, to keep myself moving forward. And that was really essential because it was like, okay, this has happened. Nobody likes it what do we do now? And it's just about funneling that random energy that usually goes into just scrolling through TikTok and instead focusing it on just something that is related to your passion, related to where you want to get in life. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you finish writing the book? So we finished writing the first draft in October right? Like I submitted it at the very end of October 31st. And then actually since then, it's been mainly focused on promoting it and working on my pre-sale campaign. And then we are just now starting the second draft of it right now. So we are going to be working on the second draft from now through the end of February. Then it gets my copy editor who is like checking for grammar and making sure like the sentences work 
and that I am like literate. Right, and, right. <laughs> and then that turns into the third draft and wow. which is, which we'll tweak up a little bit, but then that's going to be pretty much where our final draft is going to be. Wow. So this is like a, a process. I mean, at least a year project for sure. No. Yeah. I started back middle of uh, March and yeah. now it's getting published right at the end of April. So that's insane. We're a long way in. We still got a long way to go. Yeah. It's so exciting. So tell everyone what the book is called and what the book's about. Oh yeah. So the book is called Into the Mist. And it is a fantasy novel that follows the five interweaving stories of commoners within the fantasy kingdom of Millenera as they kind of aid and antagonize each other throughout their different stories. First, you have David, and he is a merchant in search of peace. And he's really going after that through trying to mentor any lost soul he sees around him. He's the quintessential mentor character. And then you have Meredith. She is a swordsmith who is on a journey to go pretty much save her estranged father who she abandoned years before and is trying to rekindle that relationship and help him find the joy in life again. And then you have Jordan. He's an intellectual and he has failed his destiny in the past and is now trying to just avoid at all costs what comes next and is trying to see, okay, what could I reach out or am I going to stay stuck where I'm at? And then you have Beggar. He is a uh, con artist who is just trying to raise enough money to get a taste of a stolen, forgotten life. And lastly, you have Glade. She's a prostitute who is trying her best to stand above her enslavement. And um. so you've got these five stories and you jump from their different perspectives and are trying to look into each of their lives and see how they aid antagonize each other until they figure out that there are larger villains out there and all of this is in the backdrop of a world where religion has very much become ingrained into the fabric of politics so you see a lot of how they interact with different religious political systems and what their personal thoughts, the good, the bad, and the ugly behind faith, religion, and all that goes. That seriously sounds like amazing. Like I was just like envisioning like what all the characters would look like. Like that is so cool. Mm -hmm. How did you even, I mean, as, as simple as like the names for these characters, like did this take you a yeah. long time to kind of like, you know, put the personality and like the name, like was that hard for you or, or not really? So it was an interesting process. Right off the bat, I had um, David, and he was kind of my quintessential starting character. Yeah. I knew his name pretty quickly. And um, like his evolution, he started off, I knew I wanted him to be a merchant. Then I was like, okay, how do we shape these characters to not just be a stereotypical mold? And some of the things I decided I wanted to explore with him were um, somebody who has reached more of the middle-aged, part of their lives who isn't at the top of a social system. Like so often in fantasy novels, you have such a focus on the kings, the knights, the fantastical 1% as I right. call them. And so I was like, okay, now let's pull back from that. And I knew that I wanted to 
have this quintessential mentor character who's completely distant from that. And then I had Meredith and she started off as just kind of like a basic white dude with, a, with like father issues. And I was like, I knew that there was some good stuff there with like the father-son relationship, but I feel like you rarely get to see a father-daughter relationship. Like, I feel like that's a less explored area. So I knew that was going to be a key cornerstone for her. And then I also wanted to give her an interesting twist, which is where I brought in um, making her a swordsmith, because oftentimes that's just a very gendered towards the masculine profession. And that really gave her a lot of spunk and a lot of like wit and like almost a grittier edge to her that yeah. really very fun to explore. And then with the other ones, uh, Beggar started off, I was like, okay, what if I just threw in one random chapter that was from this random character who is just like this beggar and you were just following a day in his life, but then he slowly like just evolved. And I was like, wait, oh no, I'm falling in love with him as like a main. <laughs> and like his backstory is one of the big secrets of the book, but it's one of the funnest things to see as it slowly becomes out there. I'm loving that. Yeah. And then I had Jordan. He also, he has two names. His name is Jordan or Akito. And I wanted to, with him, show um, a little bit more of a Asian type culture and somebody who's been separated from that. And then I also wanted to get into like that intellectual mind and almost um, an underlying nihilism to him where he's gotten to a point where he really doesn't care much about life. And he's trying to hold on to the few things he still cares about and how that kind of propels him forward. And then lastly, I had Glade and with her, I always try to give myself one character who is in many ways, the opposite of who I am. And so for her, I like, she's a black female prostitute and a, like a completely different world than what I have ever known or lived right. in. But in the pieces that I've been able to dedicate to her, I've been able to really explore a lot of empathy and compassion for these, very, for a very uh, looked down upon and like, taboo subject. And I really found that she was one of the key cornerstones that needed to be brought in to really round out the cast. Wow. This sounds amazing. Like I am, I'm literally ordering your book right after this. I'm so excited to read it. It sounds so cool. What, um, is, do you have like an author or someone that inspires you or that you've looked up to through this process or like a certain, like writing style or, or I don't know, like, do you have like anyone like in that field that's really um, motivated, inspired you? No. Yeah. So for me, the first story that ever really got me interested in writing was um, Victor Hugo's Les Miserables and specifically the musical, because yeah. with that, you have such a bleak, realistic world that everything's set in but it tells such a hopeful story of redemption throughout it. Mm -hmm. And that was something so unique and so 
absolutely capturing the aspects of my faith that are really important to me while also just being a true human story. And so that has been very much so a uh, cornerstone of what has inspired me. And then on a slightly less traditional route, I've had um, the writer of uh, Vince Gilligan or Gillian, I, I'm not fully sure, I, I always mix it up, but he was the writer behind Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Okay. And what I really enjoy about his writing style is the he really goes at a slower, more methodical pace where you get to see the slow evolution and like that slow burn character development. Yeah. You see the process of how the characters go about getting what they achieve. And so he really kind of influenced me from a how do I want to look at telling the story? And then Victor Hugo really influenced more of the thematic overarching plot stuff very cool your uh your family and friends must be so uh excited and happy for you with all this i mean it, it really is just like hard to wrap my head around the fact that you are 19 years old and busy with school and everything and you're writing a book like that's insane no i know yeah for me honestly there's a lot of times that i go home with a big idea and we'll be like hey mom here's my big crazy idea. Here's what I'm going to try next. And then she'll be like, really? Yeah. Go for that. Like, I mean, that's cool and all, but like, that's pretty big for right now. Mm -hmm. But this, those moments where like I told her and she was like, yeah, that sounds exactly like what you have to do. And it's moments like that, where you get that feedback from the people you love and the people who support you where you're like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Let's go. And then that's really what can keep you going. That's what can keep you fueled throughout the process. Absolutely. Um, tell me about, so, you know, we can expect this, this book, I guess, to be done, like maybe like summer, like this upcoming summer-ish. No, yeah. So or... it is, go- so the book is probably going to be finished by uh, late March. And then by the end of April is when it is scheduled to be coming out. Wow. Right around in like April 20 something. Yeah. Right in that's going to be when it comes out oh and officially out to be bought. That's insane. Um, I want to hear about, you know, you're 19 years old doing this. Like, what are your other uh, future like goals and dreams? Like, where do you see yourself in a few years? Do you see yourself writing more books? Like, um, yeah. yeah. What do you think? Yeah, so for me, I know uh, this book is actually going to be the first of a series. Ooh. After I finish this one, it's probably going to be a little bit of a gap before the second one because wow. as it's been a lot and I'm going to need a little bit of detail. I can out. imagine. <laughs> but it's that it's laying out the potential for a series after it. And so wow. that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to exploring throughout my uh, college career. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I have a couple of different projects that I have kicking around. Uh, one of the things that I want to be working on is I have an idea for a cartoon animation. Oh, wow. That's cute. I'm, yeah, that I'm going to be starting to explore. And wow. I have a couple of short film ideas that I'm hoping to work on in the semester after this one. So wow. that's some of the short-term stuff. But then long-term, I know... I really want to try to get 
some of my writing into larger professional fields. I know I definitely want to spend at least some time on Broadway, whether that's with my own script or whether that's helping get somebody else's script onto the stage. Wow. And really, I want, I don't see myself bound to any particular uh, medium. So whatever medium best tells the story that I want to tell is going to be what I'm going to push it out in. So I really kind of want to be, you know, a jack of all trades when it comes to writing and progressing in the professional field. Wow. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Um, What advice do you have for people who maybe you want to start a book or, or pursue something in the arts or, you know, what, what advice would you have? I guess just for people following their passions, maybe, I don't know. Do you have any advice for them? No. Yeah. Um, for me, a, with just the general following your, your passions, I would say, have it, have a strong passion, know that that's what you want to do. Have a solid backup plan. So you're not afraid. And so it's not, going to become your only plan for the future that you know you'll always be able to provide for whatever comes in the future and then create small steps to be able to get the small goals that lead you to the large goal because when you just set up the plan to hey i'm going to just write a chapter i'm going to just write a 10 minute play i'm going to just Go do this one interview. I'm going to just do this next step. The thing that gets you a little closer, that is going to be everything because it's small victories. When you're always looking towards the end goal, it's, wow, I've barely made any progress towards that. But when you have those smaller bite-sized pieces, then you can be like, wow, I got that onto the next. So that's really one of my biggest things for just following your passion. And then with specifically writing a book, you got to just put yourself out there because I put on my LinkedIn that it's like, hey, this is something I want to do. And I didn't have any career experience with it. It was Mm -hmm. something I had in the description and that's how they found me. And so it's like, okay, I put myself out there. I made it known and then I waited and stuff happened. And a lot of the time, If you let people know and get to know new people and grow your network, you'll have those little things that come into place. Because a lot of what's gotten me to where I'm at with this process has just been through all of the little connections and the little support mechanisms I've set up for myself to keep myself going, to get myself that next breakthrough, that next little piece that have been able to get me to the point where I'm going to be a published author by the time I'm 20. That's incredible. And that was such, uh, such amazing advice as well. Um, So tell me and tell everyone listening, how and where can they pre order into the mist? Yes, so into the mist is going to be up on you can either check out my Instagram or TikTok. both of those will have the link my I handle is by.jesse.oyster. And so that is one of the easiest ways, but you can also just look up into the mist Indiegogo on Google, and it should be one of the first results to come up because my page is through an Indiegogo campaign. 
So that is going to be, so you can pre-order my book. And we need currently right around 80 more pre-sales by the end of January to get published. And that's going to be large scale. If we don't quite reach it, we still have backup plans for how we can get there. But that is going to be the most effective and best way for us to get this book published. All right, guys, you heard Jesse pre-order the book right now. <laughs> Let's oh, go. Yeah. And one thing I do want to say is that it is 40 bucks for the paperback. There's also a $15 ebook option, but both of those come with a lot more than just the book. If you get the paperback, you also get the ebook. It's a signed paperback. You also will get to join my author community for a chance to become a beta reader and get early access to some of the different chapters and actually let your feedback get brought into the creative process of creating the next draft. Oh, that's cute. And then we also will have a lot of different um, stuff where we'll have different giveaways, different um, promotional stuff, and you'll get to see an in-depth look into how the whole process works. So that's one of the really exciting things that it's more than just buying a book. It's more like joining a community and joining a club than just having a book. I love and that. Forward to that. Also, if we do get published through the pre-sale campaign, then I have committed to dyeing my hair whatever color people choose. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> putting my fates into the hands of 120 people. Oh my gosh. There could be, you know, neon green, pink. Platinum, um, <laughs> platinum, <laughs> maybe rainbow color. Who knows? Oh but my it, gosh! That's up. That's up to you guys. I just was like, huh. I've never considered this, but I mean, why not? Right. Added wow. Okay, so the pre-sale for your book. When? Um, when does this end? So yeah, it started in December, right at the beginning, and okay. it's going all the way through into January twenty-fourth. Okay. So that the big deadline to hit that's when and that shuts down and then you aren't going to have another chance to pre-order the book until it comes out in april and you don't want that no Is we don't regular order that's no, not a we don't. You don't get all the fancy stuff that comes with it you just get a book right so yeah by the time you guys are listening to this we're at like two weeks until this kind of deadline starts so be sure to order your copy of into the mist asap right after you listen to this honestly do it at the same mm -hmm. time you're listening to this oh yeah order Definitely. the book awesome perfect well, I love this. I am so excited for you and I want to see you get published. And if you're listening to this and, and you like this episode, let's go pre-order his book because I, I know it's going to be good. And I know, honestly, everything you do in life is going to be good. Like everything that you've been doing and you're so young to be doing all of this. So seriously, like I look up to you, Jesse, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'm very inspired Thank by you. you because it just, you know, it's a great example of when you put your mind to something like you can do anything, you know, you could do anything mm -hmm. you put your mind to. So seriously, I'm so proud of you. And it was just so great talking to you and catching up and learning more about your book. And I'm so excited to read it. No, yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And to everybody listening, please, thank you for er, hearing me. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you're intrigued. And pre-order my book if you can. If you can't, then please just share this out to a couple of close friends who really love good fantasy novels, or at least I sure hope it's good. <laughs> I bet it'll be good. And 
I look forward to hearing from you guys. If you guys want to send me a DM, I am oh my DMs are open and I look forward to hearing any feedback, any ideas, and any questions you have along the way. I love it. Jesse, thank you so much for being here. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys next week. Thank you.